Tune in to Idiocy every day, week, month, or whenever we release. We talk about nothing for a second, minute, hour, or longer than you think is possible. But we're here to do the impossible. Cause I'm a hope, he's Walt, and it's time for the Hold and Walt Show. Yeah! Hello! Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Yes, I am well. I am very well. <laughs> are you an AI? I am well. I am very well. Yes. I'm uh, I'm sleepy today. Oh yeah. We're recording okay, in the morning you were up all night. Some little fella kept me up all night. Uh-huh. Yeah. There wasn't a dog outside. There wasn't the dog outside. It was the the baby inside. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All night. But that's what they do. That's their job. Yeah. Speaking of um, AI, recently I got sent an email um, from a guy that I'm working with on uh, board game balancing. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, he's, he's from uh, Queen Mary University, London, and he sent me a draft of the uh, paper that I'm going to be part of. He's uh, he's made me a co-author, um, and the 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 title is a case study in AI-assisted board game design. James Goodman, nice. Alan Wallet, and Diego Perez Libana, Simon Lucas. Basically, they 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 well, we use AI agents to play successive design iterations of an analog board game to understand the sorts of questions a, de- a designer asks of a game and how AI playtesting approaches can help answer these questions and reduce the need, uh, the need for time-consuming human playtesting. Play Our case study supports the view that AI playtesting can complement You don't need to testing. read the whole thing, but that sounds no, very no, cool. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I just thought... I'd, I thought <laughs> no, I wasn't going to read the whole thing. I think thing. if I let you go, you probably abstract. would read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just read the... Of course. But yeah, basically AI is useful but can't replace it can't replace human playtesting. You've got to do them in tandem. Nice. Well, you can drop a link to that in your upcoming newsletter. Yes. Yeah. Sign up to the newsletter. Um, I'm sure the paper will be out by then. So, uh... Well done, Alan. Well, so, did you have a good weekend? Did you watch the coronation? I didn't. I was working. Um, I was working on Saturday and uh, it was very chill. Got paid. That's because everyone was watching a historic moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will only happen a couple of times in your lifetime, but you missed it. Yeah, well, I mean, I looked at the photos. And it was some thrilling TV. On, yeah, I looked at the photos, well, actually one photo online on BBC, and it was Camilla and uh, uh, King Charles, I guess, Um and I just thought the hats look really stupid. Do you mean the crowns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just way too big. They look. Um, well, you know, they don't. They're, they're more ceremonial. They don't wear them to bed or anything like that. Yeah, but come on, like, did you see how big that hat was on her? Why did you call just, it a hat? Because uh, it looks like a hat. It doesn't look. Do you like not know a the crown. word crown? <laughs> yeah, but like, come on, that's not a crown. A crown is like. Is supposed to be simple and like 
gold and i'm just thinking medieval style crowns that have a, had a little bit of elegance oh this yeah it's just like a, a yeah you're right alan when, when i think of a crown i basically just think of a, of a flat cap what are you talking about? A crown what do you mean? is almost no, no, by no, definition not, supposed to be an ornamental fancy. Yeah, not thing. a crown, but like a like a gold, you know, ring that goes around the head with you what know. What you've fancy. done, Alan, is you've done what you always do. You've taken what you think, which is completely removed yeah. from reality, applied no. it to something. <laughs> yes, you have. A crown Look. is supposed to be regal and you know it is over the top you you call that purple mushroom regal <laughs> it's not regal looking far from it they um there's two different crowns that the king wears um there's like oh, the really? first he gets he gets the first crown he gets on his him. morning crown and then he i mean that yeah. sounds like an innuendo <laughs> i can't um, remember what they're called or the difference but the the bigger crown that's something like 450 jewels on it. Is that um, it? And uh, you they just got, like, said that tiny, it's tiny, too tiny big. little, tiny little pictures of people. You dueling. just said that it's too big and too over the top. And now, and now you're saying it's not got enough jewels on in, it in in duels. Um, and it weighs something like two kilograms, I think. Is that? I mean. Is that a s- and statistic? Uh, or I haven't, like some kind of... I haven't fact-checked this, but somebody told yeah. me the other day that it's worth, um, you know, like two billion pounds or something like that. Two billion? Mm. Yeah. Cause, just because it's sat on his head? Well, I think because of what it's made <laughs> of. <laughs> right, right. And it's history, It's I that guess. purple fabric that you just can't get anywhere outside the Mushroom Kingdom. You know, of everything to do with the royal family and everything, the crown isn't the thing I thought you would take such umbrage with. It's the only photo I saw. I I, I don't want to get political, but... So let's not. I, political? I, just, I, I mean, like, it's barely political, but... <laughs> I, I, I just don't really care that much anymore about the, the royals. So when you think of a crown, you just want a really basic... I think of Aragon from from uh, Lord oh, of the yeah. Rings. You know, but that that's was like a your regal da- crown. That's like your daily crown. Yeah, but like, if he had, let's let's say that was a little bit more gold. You know, shiny. I think you know, I'd respect that. But this, like, so what, is two, it the, two the billion purple pound material? purple? You don't like the purple? No, it looks stupid. Yeah, but it's it it's worth so much because that purple is actually um, a taken satin from that was dyed from the blood of his enemies. No, you know Barney the dinosaur. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It, it he was the last of his kind. They they were driven extinct for that crown. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe I'm, I'm getting because it's like <laughs> there's I don't understand the color coordination. Why purple? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Purple's quite a um, like high, mm-hmm. it's got a bit class to it, don't you think? Maybe. Uh-huh. Well, I watched the coronation. I was with, I was at Charlotte's grandparents' mm-hmm. house. Uh, no, I watched it at home actually because it f- starts and finishes quite early. It was done by two o'clock, I think. Right. You you didn't miss much. The the bit inside the church is quite boring. What the sword then, carrier ceremony? Yeah, where they put the crown slices on. of melon. 
hear some songs and then um, mm. there's the bit outside where there's all the people and all the horses marching through London. Um, it sounds probably nice if you're there. Boring. Would you, I mean, some people who went, they sort of camp overnight to see it. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, no, it's just, it's just, I have no interest in it. And then all you really see is a few set. You only see them as they come past. That's the only bit you see. You see much more if you watch on TV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you I can s- tell and you're, not, you're not that engaged in this. No. No. I mean, is there any scandal? Is there any fun information from it? Uh, scandal? Well, Prince Andrew was there. <gasps> oh. And uh, did one of the horses... You could tell which one he was because like he was surrounded by children. Oh no! <laughs> Somebody told me that he was hanging out by the crash, um, uh-huh. and Harry was there, but no Meghan. Oh, yeah. Oh, because it was their child's birthday that day. Um, oh, oh, I can, I, I can. Mm. You feel yeah. like whoever organised the coronation knew that that was gonna clash, but anyway. Oh, that's by the by, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Other than that, no no scandal, I think. Yeah, I mean, King Charles has been waiting a long, long time since he murdered Diana to... uh, (laughs) Is that that mean? That's probably very mean. I do, well, it's not mean to me. Just mean to poor old Kingy. Yeah. I'm sure he's heard it before. I mean, did we have to pay for it? Is it the taxpayer coronation? Well, somebody does. I don't know. Look, I don't know anything about how money works with the royal family. Neither do I. But the thing I'm worried about is if he dies soon uh, from natural causes, then we have to do another coronation. And well, he, he looked this quite... Is, this is manufactured yeah. outrage, obviously. <laughs> but we'll if he dies... We, yeah, and then we have to pay for another coronation. It's like, what? Pay for it yourselves. I like coronation chicken though, so it's a good excuse to eat that. Oh, okay, fine. I got, Maybe they I got do pay for it themselves. How do you? I think this is the reason why I don't like the fa- uh, the, the royal family. It's because when I went to Scotland, I had a coronation <laughs> chicken sandwich, and I got food poisoning. That's what you got food poisoning off. You sure? Yeah, a hundred percent. That was that was a horrible sort of one week fiasco where I was stuck in China for three days. Um, and I, I managed to escape. I got a black mark against my name. So, you know, if I get two strikes, two more strikes in China, then I'm banned from ever entering, which is, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. displeased about. But then after, you know, sleeping on the floors in airports and being rejected from, like, uh, uh, one of the overnight hotels that they said they'd put us up in, uh... Yeah, uh, made it to to Scotland, uh, woke up the next day early, it went on a nice run, and then um, I had a coronation chicken sandwich, and then the rest of my holiday was just vomiting in a toilet. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Was that with Charlotte? That was with Charlotte. That was, um, yeah, I had booked a flight to, while I was living in Japan, uh, booked a flight home. And uh, it took me three days to get home. And then that was your nice romantic... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charlotte just... yeah. I, I remember watching uh, Princess Mononoke in bed. 
uh, with Charlotte. And we Let's both be fair, it. Alan. It's your fault for having a coronation chicken sandwich. You should have seen that coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. But in during the coronation, you know, when they're inside the church doing all the ceremonial stuff, Charles has to wear lots a of chicken. stuff. So, he's got uh-huh. a robe on and he's got all, all sorts of gear on. And he did look quite unwell. He was sweating and obviously mm. hot and he was seemed a bit not with it. So I did I... wonder if he just keeled over there, yeah. would um, William just jump in? Two for the price of one. Yes, yeah, I think that would be good. I suspect his, like, sweating was probably down to the coronation chicken sandwich he had earlier that day. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. he's in his... He's pretty old now, isn't he? So it he's won't be 70s. long until... It won't be long until William's in. 20 years. I feel like there's then, quite good sentiment for the royal family these days. I think it's it's still 50-50. Some people care, some people don't. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty <clears throat> ambivalent. I see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I do think there's a lot of fuss over them when they're... Right. A lot of people complain because they just... It's not their fault that they've been born into that position. No. And what do you expect them to do? Just to abscond and not, and not deal with it? Uh, so, it, I mean, if you look, what, at, if you look uh, at the Queen Elizabeth, yeah. considering she was born into it, I think she... Considering what the scope of her life could have been, she did a very good job of it. She was always doing stuff and she was always yeah. out there and she was kept very busy and she was working until she was late in life. Yeah. I mean, the problem I have is the the industrial complex behind it. You know, I think there was some lobbying going on uh, for certain places in Scotland and stuff like that. And she has lawyers that will... She's probably not... A particularly bad person, uh, probably quite quite nice, but what or was? I never met her. Just saying. Um, <laughs> but you're saying that the the institution, the industrial complex, it. yeah, is just it's just like any other sort of capitalistic thing. Uh, but is it worse than any other mega rich family? You know, you, children are born into rich families all the time. Oh, I'm not saying and, there's anything wrong with being wealthy. Um, you can be rich for sure, but you know why? Why? Why do they not pay inheritance tax and stuff like that? I guess. The, I guess the idea is that you know they're appointed by God, and so they're better than us. You know, that's that kind of they're appointed by God. Well, they? yeah. Have you not I heard? I didn't even that's, know that's what, God was that's real. What, that's what the whole thing is about. I assumed that God didn't exist. So. That's news well, to me. They're in a church. They, 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 they spend a long time believing in that stuff. You're listening to the Tripe O'Clock News with Halt and Walt. Breaking news. This week's ongoing investigation into the bird's eye scandal has revealed that fish do not in fact have fingers. Captain Haddock is here to explain what on earth we've been eating this whole time. Yeah. Oh, actually, that brings us on. So, I don't think any. We, this is the second time in a row I think we've talked too much about the royal family, but yeah. that does lead us quite nicely on to um, board games. To, to um, a film that I watched recently. Oh yeah. 
on your recommendation called The Last Jewel. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Which was a really amazing movie, and um, it's sort of based in the 1500s medieval times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about royalty and, and, you know, dukes and whatever. And they're all talking about how they're chosen by God. And uh, so, yeah, I, I did kind of know that, I think. Yeah, it's it's eye-opening and barbaric. Well, uh, the film. The, fi- the film is fantastic. Yeah. It was better than I expected. Yeah. Um, with with a sort of Hollywood cast, you're talking Ben Affleck, um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Adam Driver. Um, and I can't remember the uh, female lead. She was very, oh, very um, good. Yeah, I know her name. Jodie Comer. Comer. Yeah, yeah Jodie Comer was, was um, really good. It's a film... I, about like her word against his. Yeah, so you, you basically see the same. I thought it was going to be a bit <clears throat> boring or a bit repetitive because the premise of the film is you you see so your three mains are Matt Damon, Adam Driver, um, who plays Kylo Ren in Star Wars, and Jodie Comer, and you see the same period of time um, from each of their perspectives. That's that's the movie basically. So and you, you start, were worried that you were going to see the same movie three times, which would be terribly... Boring. Yeah, but actually they're all in different locate. They're all doing different things, so it's it's really well done. You, you don't see the same scene over and over again. There's basically just... Um, there is one scene that you see twice. There is one scene that you see twice, which is sort and of the crux of the film. So, so the film yeah. starts with Matt Damon's character, Adam Driver's character... They're getting ready to have a duel. But you don't know why. Mm. And so then classic, it cuts... Classic switch, switch to, them up. Then it cuts to um, the main of the story, which is sort of three... Well, some, some period of time earlier, I can't remember, like a month earlier or something. Or is it longer than that? I don't remember. It was a while Maybe ago. Maybe a year earlier. Um, and, it, and it says, The truth according to Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. So then you get like forty minutes of his telling of that period of time, and it's the truth according to him, and and so you sort of see him as a very noble royal character, blah blah blah, and it all seems quite reasonable what's going on. Um, and he has a tremendous beard, and you wouldn't actually think that it's Matt Damon. It takes I, I well, think... they do a good job of making him ugly for such a handsome guy. Yeah, but they make everyone, you know. You do a double take and you're like, what? No. Was that Was that Ben Affleck? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was yeah. written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, wasn't it, I think? Mm-hmm. And directed by Ridley Scott, based on a yeah. novel. Um, um, yeah. It's an adapted screenplay. Yeah. So you see Matt Damon's point of view, and then you get the next one, The Truth According to Adam Driver. Um. And then the third one is the truth according to Jodie Comer's character, which yeah. is probably the most realistic representation, probably the closest to the truth. Um, mm. it, it's all based around there's quite a traumatizing event um, yes. that happens to Jodie Comer's character. Yeah, I, I in in the movie you see that, that scene twice from two two perspectives, and yeah. 
because because of the way it's done it's like you have to see it twice but it's like in in terms of the audience member do you really have to see it twice because there's barely different there's 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 small yeah. differences and it's like well I'm, you know this is I I've, fairly... I've heard people say that before yeah I do think it's necessary because the first time you see it it's from the male's point of view yeah and his defense is that so he um, assaults sexually assaults Jodie Comer's character, mm. but his assertion is that she was up for it, but her protestations were sort of perfunctory. You know, like all women, they sort of say no, but actually they mean yes, mm. and so it, it, it's quite subtle the difference between his perspective and her perspective. But from his, in his version of the story, it's played such that she does kind of give in. Uh, well, not, but that's how I mean, he sees it, and I, it, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's incredibly creepy. It's weird. It's 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 quite disturbing. Uh, yeah, it's not justifiable, no. and I think that's one of the good things about it. And and the perspective from each of the stories. That's another good thing about the way it's written. I think all the differences are very, very subtle. Yeah. You'd think it'd be more in your face, but it's just really small differences between each thing, and it shows how every person thinks of themselves as the main character. Yeah, Um, yeah. And everyone thinks of themselves as correct and honourable. So from Adam Driver's point of view, Mm. during that scene, even though it's horrible to watch, that's his way of justifying it. And to him, in a way, what he's saying is... From but his obviously point it's not. of view, but from obviously his point of view. Not. no. I thought, um, yeah, that I, I, I think I might have main character syndrome as well. What do you mean? Well, it's like each person in the story thinks they're the main character, and I, I just think in in my life, you know, when you read a book, and you're so in tune with the narrator, do you yeah. ever get? Do you ever start narrating your own life in the same style as the author? Oh yeah, all the time. Okay, it doesn't. It doesn't just happen to me. Yeah, I narrate my life in my head anyway. Okay, good, good. I think because that happens. <laughs> yeah. that happens to me. I, I've been writing a diary for more than ten years, and so cool. I have my own narration in in of my life. But then I ha- because I've been writing it for so long inside my head. There's a narration as well. Mm-hmm. Not that that's. Uh, Related to the last. Is it like a continuing story in your head then? Yeah, I'm just assuming that it's going to continue forever. (laughs) But back to the last duel. Mm -hmm. When it builds, so it's all building towards the duel at the end. Um, Which is a phenomenal choreographed fight. Well, it's very um, reminiscent of Gladiator, which is of Mm -hmm. course a Ridley Scott movie. Um, it's a brutal duel, but it, I think it works so well because you've had the whole movie building up to it, so you are very invested, invested. in it. Um, I don't think we mentioned Matt Damon is Jodie Comer's husband mm. in the movie. Yeah. Um, so that's why they're dueling, because um, he wants to you know, protect her honour and, and things like that. Well, also, the, the, the reason for the duel, which is really dumb, uh, yes. yeah. is that whoever wins has spoken the truth. So there's a, uh, there's accusations that 
of of the sexual assault and defense of it and uh, god decides um who's who's telling the truth by whoever wins the duel and yeah. the woman's voice is completely ignored in all yep. of it basically and so if um, if adam driver wins the duel that means that the wife was lying and that she didn't <laughs> and that she, she did you know it was consensual and therefore she would be um killed in a really horrible way yeah she, i think it's like hanging or hung drawn quartered something it was stupid. being burnt alive burnt alive oh yeah classic yeah mm-hmm. i thought maybe it was being put you know on a rock and then have another rock crush you as well oh no no it was being burnt alive because the there was the other character who describes to her um that it can take 20 or 30 minutes to actually sometimes die to burn alive yeah and it it's spent in excruciating pain. So can you can you yeah. like start eating yourself though, if you start, if you that's twenty thirty <laughs> yeah. minutes. I guess like, so. Ooh, I wonder what a t- uh, you know, fried seb. Taste some human before you go. Yeah, but it, it it's clever because it, it does show how horrible it would be to live at that time, as a mm. male or a female, because you know the obviously it's a horrendously. Um, sexist society and the women are commodities um, traded around for mm-hmm. for land and for the promise of children heirs but as a male you're expected to go into battle these brutal um, field battles and you're going to be dealing with the most horrendous PTSD mm. but of course that wasn't a thing back then well I mean Actually, uh, so I watched, um, spe- yeah, speaking of PTSD, I watched All Quiet on the Western Front lately. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, in- interestingly, so there are accounts, uh, just going back to the last duel, there are accounts of certain knights being completely listless and unable to fight anymore. And what what they're experiencing is obviously, you know, what we call PTSD nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in um, in All Quiet on the Western Front, which is based on a book, um, in the book, uh, it's more about how the soldiers afterwards uh, struggle to reintegrate with society because of their PTSD and all of the terrible things that happened in the war. And yeah... I really enjoyed All Quiet on the Western Front because it's a movie about war and not a war movie. It doesn't sort of um, glorify war in any way. In fact, it demonizes war by showing the brutality of, of it. And the sound design is really clever as well. Um, is this the Netflix one? This is the Netflix the one. one. Yeah. Is it G- German from the German point of view, is it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um so the, there've been a few adaptations multiple times and uh the book was written um you know sometime after the First World War from a German's perspective and um it was very very anti-war and it actually got banned during the rise of the the Nazis because it had this like anti-war uh, it wasn't helping the second war effort. Um, yeah, uh, so the sound design is really, really clever because 
Um, it uses very modern electronic sort of horns and creates the sound of dread. Not necessarily during the fight scenes, but long before it, while uh, the main characters are being caught up in the war machine and the manipulating of morale and stuff and patriotism and all all those things while they're they're marching off to war um and singing together and normally in a war movie um you know those sort of classic i mean the hundreds of classics when they're singing to go off to war it's jovial and fun and uh happy scene Mm. But in in this, it's undercut by this horrific, like horn blaring sound effect that you just—it's just the you know the sound of warning, um, epitomized, and uh, yeah, it's an extremely extremely sad film, and um, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'd have I, to I, get I, around to I, that. I burst into tears. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I think Charlotte's interested in watching it, so I, I need to um, get around to it. The most amazing thing is is actually how the film came about. Um, so there was a triathlete, a professional triathlete, and she um, she was interviewed after winning one of one of the competitions. Um, what did you want Wh- to do when next? Is this? this was fairly recently. Uh, okay. I think in the last 10 years or so. I, I, I don't know how long it's been. So this triathlete uh, was asked, you know, what did she want to do now that she'd won this competition? And she said, oh, well, I'm going to uh, buy the rights to All Quiet on the Western Front and make a movie. And <laughs> I think the interviewers or the people in around kind of scoffed yeah. and thought, what? <laughs> like, that's weird. That's a very <laughs> big change. Um, yeah. But she was completely determined uh, and found out that the, you know, prior to that had found out that All Quiet on the Western Front was available to, to, to get the rights. And it was a book that she had read at school that had impacted her massively. Um, and she slowly started to get the funds together to try and make this movie um and there was a deadline coming up to get everything together but she was missing 10,000 uh pounds or or, or euros right uh, to seal the deal uh so she had to compete in a triathlon where the prize money was 10,000 euros <laughs> And the day before, she slipped and dislocated her shoulder. Oh, God. Um, and still won. Wow. And now we have the movie that we see today, which, interestingly, uh, you know, is slightly different um, in, in that it's not about the main characters or some of the characters struggling to reintegrate with society. It's all about the Western Front. And I, I think it's it's quite beautiful because um, it shows how pointless it is to you know the, these war machines um, 
chew up and spit out regular people. And the whole idea, I guess, that sort of manipulates people is to sacrifice your life for for a greater cause. And I think that's one of the biggest, most difficult things that in war. Uh, so, I, yeah, basically the youth are convinced that to have a successful life, you need to sacrifice your life for the great you know for for a cause and in this case it was nationality and national pride i i personally think i've i've read this quote before um that an immature person you know uh sacrifices their life uh, for a cause but a mature person lives their life for a cause and the movie just shows what a waste it is sacrificing your life yeah yeah, I'll have to add it to my list. Yeah, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, it it shows the very human side of war as well, where basically all these people are starving like ninety percent of the time, uh, as well. A very human perspective. Sounds like a jolly, a jolly watch for me. I watch it, it when I'm feeling down. When I, when yeah, I need to pick me up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it'll. I mean, yeah. As I said before, it made me cry quite a lot. Ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I haven't cried um, in a movie for a long time. Oh, well, you were in a movie? <laughs> ho, ho, I'm not ho. a big um, big crier, though. Uh-huh. Oh. In films. Uh, speaking of being in films. Uh, yeah. I'm going to... a superstar. Well, yeah, I was an extra in The Devil's Hour Season 2. I'll be in the... Um, if, uh, they might have cut me out, you know. Just what's warning. your character's name? I think it's ha- Dad of Happy Family, <laughs> or, or it just could be Dad. But season season two, episode five, the finale. Um, th- there's a toy shop that appears, and uh, yeah, that is that's I'm coming out of a toy shop with a happy family. Good job, Alan. It's got on Peter Prime. Poldy. And yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Did you meet? Did you meet Pete? No, I didn't. Unfortunately, oh. there was a lot of waiting around and reading a book, which I, I'm not displeased about. Those two. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. It's if you've ever seen the comedy series Extras, it's it's quite a yeah. lot like that. It's genuinely yeah. like that. <laughs> Listening to the Tripe O'Clock News with Halt and Walt. Breaking news. We return to the Bird's Eye Factory in Basingstoke where Captain Haddock is about to give a statement to the press. Hello, my name's Igun. I come from family of Weegans. My surname is Weegan. And so, of course, my mother did not let me drink her breast milk. Even when Eigen was 14 years old, she said, No, Eigen, we are vegans, no breast milk. And so I grew up very small, as you can tell. That made me very popular in school, and I became the football. Everyone wanted to touch me. And I thought this is great compliment. So, Captain Haddock, what do you have to say about fish fingers? Oh, 
I am not Captain Haddock. Right. Have you prepared something? Yes, I have, actually. Uh, so, this is a little game. Maybe, the production maybe... values on this podcast are going through the roof. Yeah. Um, so, I, th- I think let's do a little intro. Oh. Warning. 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 Initializing Initializing connection to Hulk and Wall. Transfer speed is 0.2 kilobytes per second. Download play a little game um after after last episode's fantastic one so the game i have a recording from one of my all-time favorite tv shows uh called adventure time and uh the recording is a song that one of the characters sings okay and it's such a popular TV show that it was done in many languages. And uh, your task, Mr. Seb, is first yeah. to guess which language uh, the main character or one of the main characters is singing in. Okay. So I think what we're going to do is start off relatively easy. Uh, but right. it won't be in English. Your task at the end, the overall task, is to figure out what the hell is he singing about. So, we're going to start off with a language that I think I think you'll be able to do. Okay, um, I'm ready. Are you ready, Seb? So, I think I this, this first one is worth a million points. Um, but it's fairly easy. You should be start able to get high. it. Okay. Yeah. Crêpe au bacon, des bonnes crêpes au bacon Donne-moi du bacon et j'en ferai des crêpes très bonnes Crêpe au yeah. bacon, c'est ça que je vous m'étonne Crêpe au bacon <laughs> Right, so what what language is that? It sounded like he was just saying bacon over and over um, French <laughs> Good, good, okay, yeah. that's one, one million points Okay. Easy. Ooh, easiest million points I've ever made Yeah, okay, well, we'll... we'll this is so the reason why I've chosen this game is because this is now my ringtone, but uh, I won't tell you which language it it's in. You okay. have to guess this one, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it sounded a bit Mexican to me. Spanish. Very good. It was yes. it was uh, it was Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna go on to. Uh, Don't you is, have a different it, ringtone for every person or something like that? I have lots of ringtones. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, they're from various different games and things. So you know um, who's calling you. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go something quite quite unusual. How many points was that one worth? That was that was a million points. So you're on 2 million out two of million. 2 million. Okay. Right. Okay. This this might be more challenging for for your for your ear. Um, okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Bacon pancakes, ich mache bacon pancakes. Nehm ein bisschen bacon und mache es in den Pancake. Bacon pancakes, ganz genauso macht man die bacon pancakes. Well, a lot of that was English. Um, it sounded German. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. Now we're going to go to something which is really, you know, turning up the dime. This is hard. So that uh, last one was another million? That was another million. You're doing well. Three million points. And what's this one then, if it's hard? Okay. This is getting really hard. Bacon pancake, Leo bacon pancake. Tell it bacon, I feel the imin pancake. Bacon pancake, Dean hefty smash me. Bacon pancake. And what am I guessing the language? Yeah. Ooh. I f- I was so shocked when I when I when I uh, found out the language. Pancake, lay a bacon pancake, tell it bacon, I feel the imin pancake, bacon pancake, Dean hefty smash me, bacon pancake. It's got a German sound to it again. Um, I don't know, like Austrian or. You have one. What's your final answer? Well, we've just had German, so it can't be German. Um, yeah. Am I close? You're warm. Geographically. Yes. Um, ooh, God. And mentally speaking. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to go... Is it? Is it Austrian? No. It's Danish. <laughs> I was going to say that, Danish. That first line, though, I thought it was uh, an Asian language. Listen, listen to that. Oh, hold on, hold on. It's just it's it sounded so Asian to me. Uh, it just uh, line it up a right. Bacon pancake, lay a bacon pancake. Tell it bacon, I feel the imin pancake. It does a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Strange. Okay. Right. So you're missing a million. You're down one million. All right. Well, we'll go for. You you probably get a lot of the points back trying to guess what it's about. That's fairly easy. Now, I think. Bacon pancakes. Um, you ready? Yep. Bacon no pancake, it's a good pancake in the bacon no seru. Bacon no pancake in the naru bacon pancake. That one I'm going to plump for Japanese. Very good. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. Which <laughs> language? Is uh is this okay? We're gonna go for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was hard. I've got a couple possible. Um, uh-huh. I'm thinking maybe Russian or maybe like Sri Lankan. 
Um, oh. Is that miles off? Uh, I'm just going to say miles off. Okay. <laughs> I d- yeah. I've no, I don't think I've actually listened to Sri Lankan. I, is that even a language? Um, well, you didn't go oof when I said Russian, so maybe Ukrainian? Is that your final answer? You don't, you're not giving me anything with your facial expressions. Oh, yeah. I, uh... <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Ukrainian. Uh, false. Polish. Oh. Would you like to listen to that again? Just uh, just so that yep. you're aware, culturally aware now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. a lot of it does sound more it does sound more Polish, you know. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna gonna. It's funny the, the languages the where they just say bacon pancakes. They must have the words for bacon and pancake in their language. <laughs> Well, in Japanese, they just take bacon and pancake. It's literally the same. Um, yeah, bacon. Okay, this this is this is a classic. This is a classic. We'll, we'll, so you're missing two million, I think now, or is that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've missed out on two. Yeah. All right. Le frittelle con la pancetta sono buone, sono tanto buone. Me le mangio, mangio tutte quante, sì. <laughs> he was passionate. Yeah. Um, Italian. The only one that doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Um, he's the only one that doesn't break his voice at the end, which is yeah, bacon which is, pancakes. You know, yeah, disappointing. Okay, we're on to a very challenging one. How many have we got left? I'll just do two, two more. Okay. Whoa, it sounds like it's played in reverse. Was that a language? <laughs> that was the language. That's the genuine language, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Turkish? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Perfect. That should be two million. All right, and we're going to go for the last one. It sounded like it was in reverse. You couldn't see, but I was bobbing my head to that one. That was a really nice... Uh... Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. That's up there. That one ooh, was hard. Can we have it again? Yes. Okay. Just uh, rewinding the tape. Good. Ratula. Um, I, uh, I think that's pancake, maybe? Ratula. Um, yeah. Maybe. Ooh. Um, give me a clue. Is this a country that's going to be participating in the Eurovision Song Contest next Friday? I'd say it's this a Friday. it's a many countries speak speak this language. Um, I don't know oh. which dialect it is. Ooh. Uh, Portuguese. No, no. It was. Uh, 
Do you want more? One more guess? Yeah. Yeah. So I've okay. I've halved my points now. Yeah. Um, if I get it. I don't know. It sounded kind of Middle Eastern to me, but mm. um, uh, for the for the oh. viewer for the listener, I put my thumb up he's there, put in, which, he's which, put which, in me, his... which means warm. Right. Ooh. You know the first country I think of. I don't even know where it is, but the first country I thought of was Azerbaijan. Um, uh, but I don't even know what language they speak there. Yeah. Um, it's not, I think you'll probably get it, but it's not a country, it's just the language yeah. that is sh- shared by quite a few countries. It's got backwards handwriting. Oh, in Azerbaijan they say Azerbaijani language. Oh, um, backwards writing. Uh, would I know the name of this? Absolutely. You, you, you like, what? Of course. <laughs> Okay, Ooh, I'm gonna look like an idiot now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Portuguese, I guess, was shocking. Uh, <laughs> well, I just said that because I know I don't really know what that language sounds like, and I know it's weird. It's on here. It's on. Or here. not I could weird. Play it afterwards for you. Um, to, to, G- give to, me the first letter of the language. A. Oh, I thought you'd say A. Yeah. Arabic. Yeah, of course. All right, and just to just to let you hear what Portuguese is. Okay. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. That's the that's the old game. Did you keep a tally? Uh, you you lost probably like three million. And how many did we do? Ten. Uh, quite a lot actually. Um, yeah. Uh, just say you're you're down three million. Okay. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Pretty good. That's pretty good. And do I have to guess what it's about? Yeah. What's it about? Bacon pancakes. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Making bacon pancakes. Loss has been wiped, and you're you're. you're yeah. And do you You're recommend people at home watch Adventure Time? Yeah, actually, do you, do you want to hear the English? I, d- I just didn't actually play oh, yeah, the English at all. Me. Yeah, here we go. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Lovely. Is that is that the voice of John DiMaggio? That is that is the voice of John DiMaggio, as, aka um, Bender, or Jake the Dog, AKA making breakfast Marcus and singing Felix. the bacon pancakes song in multi language. Making pancakes, making big pancakes is pretty catchy. It's it's very catchy. It's very catchy. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't have to pay rights for any of that. No, no one's going to listen so. to this anyway. So don't yeah, worry exactly. about it. That's right. Right, I can hear a baby crying in the background quite a lot. Okay. I assume it's my baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes more sense. So I might have to go and see to that baby. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the last thing I wanted to mention is that I'm going to be at the UK Games Expo this June. Uh, yeah, early June. 
trying to pitch my well i will be pitching my board games trying to get them published um Ooh. i've got a public play test so if anyone is in birmingham at the right time on say i think it's the sunday of the 4th of june uh, sorry yeah 4th of june i will be there i'll have a table um where you can cool. play our mutiny um <laughs> for three hours uh Obviously, you don't have to stay for three hours. You, you jump in and jump out. Got a couple other games as well. Um, yeah, I'll be there. And then I'll, there'll also be a table for the AI researcher as well. So one of my games will be on display there. He's made a graphical user interface so that you can actually play it. Oh, wow. Um, which is quite insane. Cool. And uh, sign up to the newsletter. I'll, I'll give you the details check it out on instagram i, I might I'll, I'll probably put a post there as well you know to keep you updated um yeah that mutiny game is that the one that i've i've played that yes played that. yeah 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 it's very good it's very good yeah it's uh it's a game about uh your pirates on a ship and one of you is trying to spread a mutiny because they don't think limes cure scurvy which is in <laughs> fact true Okay. They yeah. don't cure scurvy. No. Limes don't oh. really have that much vitamin C in them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've discovered that way too late. They're not that tasty. What, did they used to just eat limes? They thought limes cured scurvy. Um, but how did they consume the lime? They had them in barrels, I think. Uh, they probably just had them dry. They didn't just rub like, no, 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 just eat them. Like, you know, rub Ugh. them into your gums, chew them like an orange. Um, Ugh. Yeah. But the reason why nice. the Germans are, are called the Krauts is because, you know, our, our sailors saw them eating kraut, sauerkraut, which has loads of vitamin C. Mm. And we're, we're called limeys, the British, because, <laughs> uh, because of our stupid <laughs> obsession with Sauerkraut is definitely more tasty to eat than just a lime as well. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, thanks for that, Al. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday Monday. Yes, you too. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, look after that baby. Maybe maybe sing a little nursery rhyme. Pick and punky. <laughs> Hopefully he'll just let us sleep tonight. That would be nice. Yeah. All, All right. right, my friend. Yes, yes. Bye. Bye-bye.